Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo, and I'm here with Kristen LaPianca. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. And at the time that this episode airs, Kristen, your book will have just come out. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the fourth Roxanne Weary mystery is called Once You Go This Far. Uh, It came out yesterday when this airs. Um, And it is, it's exciting, of course, to have a new book come out. It's also a really tough time to be in (laughs) promo mode because it just feels like, there's so much wrong right now with the entire world that being like, buy my book just seems like, no, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like the right time to be doing self promo. And I think that like, I always struggle with being too self promotional. Like I don't like doing it ever, but I really don't like doing it right now. And it just, it it feels it's, it's kind of tough, but I'm also really excited for, Um, people who like the series to see what Roxanne is up to. Yeah. And I think right now, like it's weird because the world is on fire in like every possible (laughs) way. Um, And, but people like have more time to read than before with the pandemic. So like I've heard book sales are up in some categories. So like the book industry is still chugging along, but you're right. It feels so bizarre to promote anything or talk about anything that's not current events current events are so insane (laughs) they are so insane and like it's just you know I feel like there's it's really hard to know what we should be doing because like on one hand it's like encourage people to shop at indie bookstores because indie bookstores are the you know they're the best and they've been really hit hard by the pandemic and then at the same time it's like oh the book's on sale on Amazon should I talk about that should I literally not mention it I don't even know yeah so Also, like, there's this thing about where, I don't know about for me, but like, I'm really excited to read another Roxanne Weary mystery. As a reader of your books, I'm like, yes, tell me about it. I want Mm -hmm. to know. I want to read this book. I'm excited to escape the kind of pandemonium for a minute and just kind of get into that story world that I'm so excited about. So it's also hard because there is that thing where the role of art is to, you know, challenge us, it's to be a journalist, it's to comfort us. Like art can play so many roles and one of those roles is escapism, you know, and people really rely on that for mental health. And so telling people your book is on sale is great news for people who couldn't normally afford it and they might want to know that, you know. So there's that challenging thing with self-promo. Yeah, and I struggle with like feeling like there are other voices that, are more important than mine right now Mm -hmm. so it just seems like how do we find the balance of like i want to share the news i want to tell people that this escapism is out there for them but i also don't want to take space that would be like better served by letting you know a writer of color speak or something yeah and it's just like and like i mean twitter isn't real life so no you know we all know (laughs) that what But it's just like, it can feel so like, you know, you go on Twitter, it's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the self-promotional tweet. And then it's just like, oh my God, there's all this, this real stuff that's really happening. And I'm like, I made up a story. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also like, that's not, you know, your publisher is doing their things. I mean, they're doing like, you know, we have like 5% of the reach. They have 90%, 95% of the reach, you know? So it's like, if you don't feel comfortable doing it on your author Twitter or something, that's fine. You know, it's, it should still be, you know, it's still out there. 
I think we all need good news right now. Like, I'm so excited every time I see a friend announce a book's coming out or they got a new deal or, or whatever. Like, it's just nice to see good news and it makes it feel like the world isn't actually ending. That's just true. Like the minute that I'm reading that and then I go back to thinking <laughs> that it's ending. <laughs> yeah, good news is like, it's like, um, like, what are those things called? Um, like floaties when you're like a kid and mm-hmm. you're in the pool. Like you're, we're all just like kind of like slogging along in this water, but those little pieces of good news are sort of keeping us on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about this new Roxanne Weary. And I know there's no answers to these questions. These are just the questions of the moment. Yeah. I mean, there's like who even knows when or if anything will ever become normal again. Like that's kind of where we are. So we, we just have to adapt to that and figure it out. And I know that I'm not the only writer who is in this position of um, releasing a book during a pandemic and also during an election year and during a time of incredible social upheaval. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's it's tricky. I'm excited to release my book during an election year because <clears throat> it comes out in October and it's about killing sexual predators, which is unfortunately very, very relevant to the presidential election <laughs> on both yes. sides. So <laughs> <laughs> I love another example of wonderful escapism. Mm-hmm. Escape into a world where they die. Yep. Yeah. Escape into a world where you can just stab them and get away with it. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So our archetype that we're discussing today is the strong female character. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this, is, this so much. I know. So this is an interesting one because it's actually like, I think a lot of people hear strong female character and they're like, well, what's wrong with that? Don't we want strong female characters? Do you guys want to explain why we don't actually want that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that um, this archetype is sort of defined by there is no depth to this woman. Mm. She is like emotionally detached. She is probably actually physically strong. She probably does some sort of a tough job or is a superhero, but has very little emotional development or depth. I have a thing with guys who say, I love strong women. And it's (laughs) almost that like, I'm not a something, but it feels like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I love strong women, but this is just going too far. Like, yeah. This lady's just unlikable. It, it always seems to, pr- it doesn't ever come out of the mouths of someone who has a nuanced understanding of what a woman is as a human person. Well, yeah, there's definitely like a, a but built in. Like, uh-huh. I love strong women, but even if they don't say the but, it's like, mm-hmm. it is implied because there's this idea that like there's a right and a wrong way to be a strong woman and men are the ones who get to decide what that Mm. right and wrong way is. Yeah. Cause these are characters often without a lot of psychological depth, they're more like stoic. They're not emotional or needy or any of the things that, you know, we like to call women. They just can take care of themselves. And I think like these characters are often written by men, but I think men like them in fiction, but not, in real life (laughs) yeah like did you guys read that um reddit thread that was going around the past week or so um about the guy with the girlfriend who was into martial arts yes (laughs) yep (laughs) so this guy was like his girlfriend was like super obsessed with martial arts and would like go to 
classes all the time and during the pandemic like she couldn't go to her gym anymore so he was getting to spend more time with her and the post was basically like how do I like keep her from going back and like doing martial arts all the time because it makes me feel <laughs> less manly or something his only rel- like, like legitimate complaint was that she always had bruises all over her and he was afraid like if he was out with her that people would think that like he was abusing her so like I will give him that point that that would be kind of awkward and you wouldn't know how to handle it but the rest of it just kind of seemed like she makes me feel like my penis is small I'm yeah mad. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she made all the rest of us feel like we wanted to meet her slash have sex with her for right. sure I was like I wish this was my girlfriend like I what's know. wrong with you man yeah so many of those reddit am I the asshole things that men write they like are about these women who sound totally amazing yes like best friends with and they're just like how do I deal with my girlfriend? And it's like, break up with her so she can be with someone who's worthy of her. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, they're, they're always sort of like, I have this girlfriend and she's perfect except for this one way that's really essential to who she is. <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't there one where the woman, she was like a witch, it sounded like. She, like, mm-hmm. collected dead animals yes. and had all these, like, crystals. And I was like, she sounds rad as hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I also feel like the strong w- woman trope, you'll see it by men who are like, hey, I was raised by a single mom. She had six children. She worked five jobs. <laughs> and I appreciate strong women. And it's like, I'm sorry. I just, her, I mean, like, I don't think that's, like, okay to be, like, it's admirable of her. No, it's fucked up the way women get fucked over in our society. It doesn't, yeah. like, make us heroic or something. It's, like, this very icky, like, sh- do you think she wanted to do that? Do you think she wanted to work five jobs and spend her entire youth you know, a slave to this lifestyle that she was kind of thrust upon her when her husband left her. Like, there's always right. this sort of, like, the heroism of the sacrificing woman well, plus, that I find icky. It's like, do you think she just dealt with all that and was totally fine and wasn't upset about it? Because, like, right. you right. probably think that it's her child because she kept those feelings from you. Right, and you're like, a child like, and you don't understand anything. Yeah, like, these men, they idealize this type of, of woman if their mother seemed to be that way, but, like, they don't really know what she went through and they can't. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Wendy. Yeah, it's it just always bothers me, especially because I was raised by a woman who was in that situation. And so, like, I... I not the six kids thing, but, you know, the single mom, the small apartments, the poverty, like all that stuff. And, um, you know, I don't I really don't like it when men sort of claim that as like a, that's how women are supposed to be or that's the strength of women and you admire them. It's like, shut up. Yes. We yeah. should have done this one for Mother's Day because I feel like you had a tweet <laughs> about that, didn't you? Because this like comes up a lot at, around Mother's Day. Yes. Like, women are so strong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, like we are, but like, shut up. Well, right. And there's like this idea of like the strong woman is someone who can take care of herself. And by that, people mean like she doesn't like she doesn't need or accept any type of help. And she is not a bother to anyone else ever. Like there's this idea that you can't be strong and take support from someone, which is not true at all. Right. This kind of ties into the whole like not like other girls thing yeah yeah i'm sure we have some examples that will relate to that i know i do but yeah this idea of like this woman is strong she's not like these like weak emotional women she can take care of herself and like look good doing it and kick ass and all yeah. that stuff it's just very it's very limiting and dehumanizing honestly like to expect a woman to act this way like no one should have to be strong all the time yeah i also think there is built into this the idea of like she 
she kicks ass she looks good while doing it she is totally down for unemotional no strings attached sex <laughs> like that is just like implied she doesn't she doesn't like catch feelings and get mm-hmm. involved in these silly female things like mm-hmm. falling in love mm-hmm. so there's like the woman who's really like a man in disguise like right yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the then idea that strength is like not femininity, but like masculinity just in a woman. Right. Yeah. So it's like that thing where they don't understand us. They wish we were more like them um, because it's more familiar and it's like a type of strength they can understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Except also hot. Yeah. Except also hot. And th- But then there's the other, the strong woman that you'll hear people talk about in like maybe more traditional american community like religious maybe midwestern communities i don't know texas for sure but it's Mm. like she's a strong woman she beat breast cancer she still went to church every sunday she always had a smile on her face right always put herself together every morning you know she was always like joy to her community um then there's that one too yeah that's sort of like the 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 bulletproof smile type of Mm -hmm. strength Right. Still, there's no, like, allowing yourself to have any feelings or emotional needs or right. be present for yourself at all. You're still really just existing for other people in various ways. So who are some examples of this archetype? Well, I started thinking about this and, like, I feel like every uh, female character in a superhero movie, sure. uh, for the most part, is given this treatment. Uh-huh. Like, she, you know, Black Widow is presented this way. Um, Captain Marvel, to some extent, although I love that movie, so I don't want to rag on it. But it's just like there is not an emotional depth. Like this is a person who is like physically strong, maybe completely infallible in the case of Captain Marvel. Um, and like that's that strength becomes the personality, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's just not. I don't like it, but I couldn't think of any like of the traditional superhero type of characters who are actually given the space to be more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. I think in the new Wonder Woman movie, she is a little bit, but it's more her performance than like the script. I would yeah, say like, yeah. she's a little more vulnerable, but it is still like that character traditionally is, is more this type. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that actually. Like her performance is, like more nuanced than just tough lady does tough stuff yeah in a tiny tiny skirt yes katniss (laughs) of course katniss yes katniss yeah she has like more emotional complexity though certainly like in the books because you're getting her Mm -hmm. viewpoint um but yeah she's like trying to it's almost like she naturally is this sort of person where she like is strong and doesn't want to show emotion and then when she's in the hunger game she has to like pretend to be more feminine and like vulnerable to get the audience on her side which is interesting Mm. that is interesting of course there's lara croft tomb raider yes type of yeah yes that was one of mine as well it's like she's like this hot rich acrobat lady like it just doesn't make any sense and there's, of course, the Kill Bill. Uh, yeah. Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. A lot of things written by men. Um, Indeed. Except Katniss. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, always, 
always one. I think she, like, as the show goes on, has more more depth for sure. But she's definitely this, like, kick-ass woman type written by a man. Definitely, like, a male fantasy. Yeah, I think there's, like, this element of, like, these women are emotionally detached. Like, and it's not, it's never presented as, like, a, a bad thing or something that they need to deal with. It's, like, sort of given to us as a good thing. I feel like in the reboot of Veronica Mars, uh, she's just completely like checked out in that way. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any Veronica Mars. I know I need to, that's my homework. I haven't seen any Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it is a, a point of immense contention in my home because my girlfriend is a big fan. I think at this point you can just leave it because it's one of those things that I, when I was younger, was really into you. And now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that was really problematic. <laughs> and Joss Whedon is a terrible person. Yeah, He's that's definitely true. one of those guys who's like, I'm a feminist. I love strong women, but is actually a dirtbag. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you can. I think you can leave it. You are missing, like, a lot of super hot women on that show, but... Mm. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time the time has perhaps come and gone yeah. for me to consume what ab- that. What about um, gay icon Xena Warrior Princess? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> she turned a lot of us. So gay. So gay. Wow. Was that written by a man? I assume it was, like, given the time that it came out. I, like, forget a lot about that show. <laughs> I don't know. I was I too know. young to really know anything um, I was just like armbands. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we remember. Just the armbands. That's fair. There's a, a word that comes up when I was Googling like books and movies about strong women. And the word independent kept mm. coming up. Movies about independent women. Movies about strong, independent women. Books mm. about strong, independent women. She doesn't need a man. But the weird thing is they hate it when it's actually like that. So I'm very confused by this. Yeah, I was actually thinking about um, Rey in the new Star Wars movies. So she is oh, yeah. like definitely a strong female character. She's independent. She like lives on her own for most of her life. She's a badass fighter. And men, like a lot of men, really hate this character. And there was that whole argument going around that she's a Mary Sue. Like she's like a too good at everything, too perfect. It's not realistic. Um, just all of this bullshit. And I was thinking about this because... Like Princess Leia from the original Star Wars is sort of this archetype too. She's like a strong woman who can handle a blaster and whatever. But she is frequently objectified in these movies and Rey isn't. She's like not presented in a sexual Mm -hmm. way at all. Like Daisy Ridley is really beautiful, but her costuming and the way she's shot, not sexualized in the least. And it's like men short circuit (laughs) when they see (laughs) this capable, badass woman who like isn't for them like isn't for their gaze they're just like i don't there's something about her i don't like it it bothers me it must be that she's a mary sue and she's too perfect like it just the short circuit they can't handle it (laughs) right she's not for me i can't perceive her (laughs) yeah (laughs) because yeah the hate for ray is like so bizarre to me because she actually is uh, to me like a very likable character like what's not to like she's yeah like cares about people and fights for what's right and uh, like what's the problem but uh the men always find something to complain about there's also like the so the second trope the one of like the brave woman who smiles through it all i feel like that one comes up in movies like hidden figures do you remember that one 
yeah. about the three mm-hmm. scientists women who helped NASA during this time of prejudice, etc. They just persevere <laughs> despite the odds. Right. I mean, that's a really great story. I really, I actually like bought my daughter a book about those women and really think they're rad. But just an example of like the treatment that archetype is given. That's true. I yeah. hadn't really considered this other side of it when I was making notes for this episode. Like, I'm such a nerd. I was like, immediately thinking of all of the, yeah, like superheroes. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. gay yeah. and you just want to talk about the women who want to step on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. By the way, Mindy Mejia sent us a DM. Hi, Mindy, saying that Logan Russo from her book, Strike Me Down, would love to step on me. So I just want to make sure <laughs> so I'm the podcast I was record. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to make that make everyone know that now everyone knows. Hot, my greatest life accomplishment. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> I mean, Lane and I have had extensive discussions about fighting and kissing scenes in gay mm-hmm. romance, and Mindy's just, yeah, so yeah. good. We salute you. You're doing the Lord's work, Mindy. <laughs> okay, what about? Uh, this is like um, a funny thing, but I was looking at lists and I saw one that said strong women in uh, books and film. And it was Amy from Gone Girl was like at the top of the list. What? And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> can you not, can the men compiling this list not tell the difference between like a woman with inner strength and a woman who's an actual like sociopathic manipulator? <laughs> I am no, they concerned can't. that they can't. Yeah. Like there's also Meryl Street from The Devil Wears Prada. What? On these <laughs> Okay. So this is just a list of women. Like, it's not any specific type of women. Like, it's a list of women that makes them scared and horny. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Makes me uncomfortable. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, Amy is my hero, as we know. But yeah, that's. uh, hmm, hmm, Yeah. Interesting. Like, having. That's so bizarre because it's like, do men think that, like, any woman who has a personality. Like, they're just all the same. Like, unless she's just, like, your typical nice girl next door, they all fall into the same bucket of, like, strong, scary, intimidating, hot. Like, what? What must it be like to have that brain? I I just pulled up a list that I looked at when I was prepping, and it's like, here are the strong women on the list. Kill Bill, Mm -hmm. Aaron Brockovich, Jodie Foster from The Silence of the Lambs, Hmm. the cast of Chicago. (laughs) The whole cast. <laughs> wow. Like, what? Is this just, what is this so list? Like, where is this from? But they're all like this. And then it's like the movie Insurgent. Like, mm. there's just, is it just women who have speaking parts? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe women who speak. Yeah, the only one that you just said that I think is relevant at all is Tris from Insurgent and Divergent. She's definitely, I mean, she's kind of an interesting one because she doesn't start out as this, like, badass hero. She sort of grows into it. Uh, But the cast of Chicago, the whole cast, (laughs) all of them. (laughs) Oh, God. But Erin Brockovich is, like, the perfect example of that other trope I was talking about. Yeah. She's a single mother. She's working hard to take down the man. While wearing a miniskirt. Right. As is required by law. Yes. You know, and keeping her weight down, which is important. (laughs) Keeping it tight. Yep. Oh, my God. It's one of the, it's a high priority when you're struggling to care for your child as a single mother and, uh, you know, be the leading role in an Oscar award winning movie. (laughs) Right. 
what a mess. Like broke my brain with this cast of Chicago. <laughs> I know. Thing. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, sure, you could say that those women are all complicated, I guess. But like, that's like, they're all different types. They're completely different types of people. That's the point. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> be like, no, they're all the same. Yeah. But that's why it's like, it's Amy from Gone Girl and Aaron Brockovich. Like, it's... <laughs> I want to find the person who made this list and But they're and talk all to like them. that. I, these are movies that I found together on like at least 10 different lists at, on Google search. Oh my page God. One. This is yes. fascinating. Like <laughs> <laughs> people really don't understand women at all. Like we knew that, but it's like, damn. We learn that every week on this podcast <laughs> again and again. Yeah. And then of course our favorite movie is on all these lists. The Help. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. Did you guys hear how, like, at, as we're recording this, that we're like two weeks into the protests that have been going on all over the country? And I read somewhere that the number one movie on Netflix during this period of turmoil is The Help. Like, yeah, white people yeah. do better. Like, what the fuck? Like, I are white people just sitting home? Like, I'm gonna learn about like racial inequality by watching The Help on Netflix. I like, I what? I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Ugh. Yeah, I like it's it's so weird because there are plenty of things that you could watch on Netflix that could actually help you to educate yourself. Like there are documentaries that are available that you could watch. You could just click over to a different one. But people are like, no, I think this one. I think the story from a white person's point of view is the way to go. Yep. Oh, God. The world is just a very grim place right now. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> oh man. All right. Other <clears throat> examples. Well, okay, so I have one that I think is a good like I I like the way that it's handled. Um on Brooklyn Nine Nine, Detective Rosa Diaz. Hmm. Is oh, yeah. she's yeah. like a very like tough, like hard to read, unemotional person, but she actually has some very like like emotional storylines in the show like with her like her relationship with uh the captain's nephew and then her coming out as bisexual and having problems with her parents like even though she's a character who is sort of written to be badass not emotional she actually has some of the more emotional storylines on the show okay I've only seen a couple episodes of that show, but I immediately, like, as soon as she was introduced, I was like, marry me, please. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Obsessed. Great. <laughs> uh, and I would also um, mention Alex from uh, Mindy McGinnis's The Female of the Species. Oh. Um, yes. She is, like, I love that book, and I love that character. She's me too. She's very strong, very stoic bordering on sociopathic for sure yes i think she is sociopathic. yeah yeah, yeah. psychopathic <clears throat> and it's just it's just so well done because you really like you really feel the the depth to that character even though she is like stoic and her mo- her emotions are locked down but she has emotions mm-hmm. the first line of that book is still my first line favorite first line of any book i've ever read and it the first line says this is how i kill someone oh yeah the, that first chapter is like incredible uh, it's a thing of such beauty like it is perfect mm-hmm. it's so good but this is interesting again we have a character who like her strength is like sociopathy actually <laughs> <laughs> not to li- not like amy like not in that way right 
interesting. <laughs> so it it's sounds true. like there's like the inspirational strong woman and then there's the kick-ass strong women. Like we've kind of yeah. narrowed mm-hmm. it down to like two types of strong women that we see archetypes of. Right. Yeah. And something else I was thinking about with this is there's the not like other girls thing, but there's also often like another character in the book or movie that this character is placed in opposition with. Like I was thinking of Arya and Sansa on Game of Thrones. Like Arya Mm -hmm. is the strong female character and Sansa is the more feminine one. And they're kind of like placed in opposition to each other to like make Arya look good often. (laughs) And um, similar thing in the Cruel Prince series by Holly Black. Um, Jude is the main character and she is like not great with emotions or dealing with people, but like great with a sword. And then her, her twin sister, Taryn, is um much more feminine and kind of like uses her wiles to manipulate people and a lot of people reading these books like really love jude and hate taryn even though they're both existing in this really brutal world where they're just trying to survive um so yeah i don't know i love taryn i love i love both of them but it's interesting how there's often this like more feminine character who's set in opposition to make the strong female character look stronger more badass well, I think there's like with the idea of like these strong badass women and like femininity, like you don't often have a woman who is like physically strong but also feminine when she's not being strong. You know what I mean? It's sort of like if you're if you're into martial arts, you also like dress all in black and wear army boots. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're into martial arts and you love getting dressed up to go out. You know, it's like that's weird. Where, that's where Buffy is an interesting example because she is into martial arts and also like loves getting dressed up and is like a pretty mm. popular girl. Um, but there's still that character she's set in opposition to like Cordelia, the like mean girl who eventually becomes her friend, but they're kind of set up that way in the first couple episodes or the first season or two at least where like Cordelia is the more feminine one and Buffy's the the tough one but she's sort of like like she has this mystical calling right like she's not choosing to right. like she would rather just be a normal at least at first would rather just be a normal teenage girl and go to high school and like go to the mall but has to slay vampires <laughs> <laughs> as you do <laughs> sure I was thinking about um about the fact that I just, I feel like there's so much, in a patriarchal society, the things that we think are good are the things that are assigned to like the the most alpha men in that society, right? And so it's like anytime any other demographic can adopt that or have that, I think there's like a sense of admiration for that. And then yeah. anytime anyone does the thing that's assigned to like the weaker or like the the subservient, you know, anyone who adopts that is like it's it's going to be viewed negatively or it's going to be you know that's not going to be the, the character we're rooting for that we think is going to be the alpha of the story or the hero of the story yeah you know? yeah i don't know i think these characters really had a place in pop culture maybe like a decade or two ago when we weren't seeing a lot of complex female characters the way that we are now and then we had, I mean, certainly like around the time that Buffy came out, like when we were in high school or I was in high school. Um, what, I don't remember what year that came out. Anyway, I watched it in high school and it was like 
kind of a revelation to see these like ass kicking female characters back then but now I just feel like we're or we should be beyond that as a culture <laughs> like right. you know what I mean it was like this wave of these strong female characters so that we could kind of accept that form of femininity and now I'm like okay now that we've accepted that let's make it more complex and dig into this a little more and I, I do see that happening now but it just like are there still a place for characters like this in pop culture or is this kind of like a throwback at this point well I mean I think I would rather have a superhero movie with these strong female characters than just no women <laughs> I feel like sure that, that's like that's like perhaps the choice at this point like um so I think that there there is a place for like holding space for women because like that's already like there are not enough of these female characters in such movies like you have something like you know the the Ghostbusters movie that came out that was fucking hilarious and everyone was like no there's too many women in it so it's like even like before we get to the the ideal world of these really complex characters like we still need to get a bunch of these morons to just accept there being movies that have women in them yeah which is really disturbing but it's also like okay like I think we're I think we're like we're not as advanced as we would like to think or yeah, like, like this whole like it, but not them what about the female james bond thing that was like a whole thing <laughs> right yeah that's an interesting one because i kind of i don't know i weirdly agree that a female james bond just wouldn't like i feel like the character of james bond the misogyny is just like baked in and it wouldn't be the same character if you made that character a woman um i kind of see their argument but also the men on the internet just get so mad about this stuff like you're like, <laughs> murdering their childhood yes and it's yeah, my confusing. thing is like there's been like 30 james bonds who cares that number 31's a woman like do, well, it, well what does it hurt you also like what like what is the character of james bond like ha- yeah. has gear makes one-liners yeah has sex drinks martinis like there isn't a lot of like emotional depth there anyway so like That's it's true. really a very blank slate it, like james bond could be anything mm-hmm. or like the whole thing with the um oh my god how did i just forget this you know that i forget the names for things like that's a pre-concussion thing but the concussion did not make it better <laughs> but doctor who thank you um <laughs> like the whole female doctor who thing oh it's like yeah the whole thing that one especially though, I mean, that character is an alien who can yeah. like take on any form. So when people were mad about that, I was just like, really? <laughs> like with James Bond, I, I get it a little bit. Just, I don't know. To me, like the misogyny is like such a central part of the James Bond character. But you're right. There's like not a lot to it. He just like looks cool and kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. And even like from movie to movie, the, the actor playing Bond like the movies have a different tone depending on who it is. So yeah. it's really like, I think it could really be anything. Although like, let's just be clear. The, the misogyny in the books is horrifying. Have you horrifying. read the James Bond books? The, I have the, like one or two. The first one. Yeah. Really? Ooh. I just yeah. watch the movies sometimes cause Nate likes them, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not attracted to Daniel Craig. So it's sort of like, why? No. I like the aesthetic <laughs> of the movies. I think the whole like 60s thing is really cool. My old stepdad, my first stepdad used to watch them when I was a kid. And in retrospect, they were not appropriate. No, but not at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, they're all very sexist. Some of them are extremely racist. Yeah. Uh, 
very bad but the 60s ones oh my god yeah yeah that's not not good that's that Uh, shit should uh. not be on tv anymore i mean every so often like i'll see one of the old ones and it's just like what you know what movie i felt like did the strong female characters uh on screen with male characters everybody getting a chance to have nuance was uh black panther oh yeah Yeah. did you guys like those the characters in that yes Yes. that's great yeah absolutely because they're like well, all the characters, like male and female in that, it's like they are strong in their own ways. They're also vulnerable and emotional. Like they're allowed to be complete, complex people. Yeah. No it's like just strong. I wasn't sure if it was just my lust for Denai Gurira or if was... <laughs> That's fair. Everyone in that movie is so pretty. Yes, it's I ridiculous. The bisexual disaster. <laughs> One after the other comes on the screen and you're like, I don't know what to do. I was on a plane when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, Lupita Nyong'o's character yes. is um, strong, also feminine, also just, like, calls him on his shit and, like, is not there to be his girlfriend. Yeah. Which is her own thing going on. Um, yeah, I love her character. Are they making another one of those? I mean, I, I know there's a Black Panther, right too. Now. Yeah, okay. I know that one is coming, I think. So that's on the internet. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with movies. Like, when are they going to exist again? And when can we go see them? Like, everything has been so... Like, theaters are not open here yet. And even if they were, like, what would they be showing? It's very weird. Christopher Nolan thinks he's putting out his new movie in July, so... Mm, That is a bold move. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's going to try it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like... I'm actually... I'm like, I would go maybe eat on a patio if the... If the tables were far apart, I went to a bookstore a few weeks ago, but I'm not going to a fucking movie theater for a long time. Like, no, no. Bring back drive-ins. I'm so excited. They're starting yeah. to bring back some of them in LA. We actually went to one a couple weeks ago. We saw um, Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. Oh. It was actually really good. Um, and they had Hustlers at the same drive-in the other night, but it didn't start until midnight. And I was like not having that. <laughs> That's my problem with the drive-ins that uh, you have to wait until the sun goes down and that is my bedtime Yeah, because <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> like I can I can hang if it's like it starts at 10, but if it starts at midnight, no, I don't think so. Yeah, but there's a lot popping up around here too. So hopefully, see, I miss going to the movies. That used to be one of my favorite things Me to too. do. Me too, yeah. I don't know. Sigh. While you guys were talking right now, I just dropped sexy pictures from Black Panther into the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we're being attacked oh, <laughs> oh damn <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to like click on these because I'm the one running the recording and I'm afraid it'll like freeze up my computer or something but I'm gonna look later thank you Wendy for this personal <laughs> attack Ugh. well now oh. now that we're broken <laughs> that about does it um (laughs) so later this month i will be interviewing kylie shakti who is the author of the upcoming i think comes out on the same day as your book kristen july 7th so it'll be out by the time this airs and then by the time her interview comes out um but her book is called your next and it is a ya thriller about a girl detective who is a disaster bisexual and one of my favorite characters i have ever read um so i'm really excited to talk to kylie about that nice 
That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.